Good morning and thanks for joining me. Well, turn with me to Psalm 98. O sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have worked salvation for him. The Lord has made known his salvation. He has revealed his righteousness in the sight of the nations. He has remembered his steadfast love and faithfulness to the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Break forth in the joyous song and sing praises. Sing praises to the Lord with the lyre, with the lyre and with the sound of melody, with trumpets and the sound of the horn. Make a joyful noise before the King, the Lord. Let the sea roar and all that fills it, the world and those who dwell in it. Let the rivers clap their hands. Let the hills sing for joy together before the Lord, for he comes to judge the earth. He would judge the world with righteousness and the peoples with equity. Well, Ecclesiastes 3 famously says, for everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. In verse 4, that passage says, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance. And certainly as we've looked in the Psalms during our devotional time, we've seen weeping and mourning. Psalm uh, 32 and Psalm 51, for example, have we've seen the mournfulness of David over his sin. But Psalm 98 clearly reflects a time for laughter and for dancing, a time for great celebration. Psalm 98 is one of the most joy-filled songs in the Bible. It's a psalm of pure joy and celebration. And by the way, Psalm 98 is part of the inspiration for Isaac Watts' beloved Christmas carol, Joy to the World. So let's look at, at the joy of this psalm and consider it in three sections. I'll be following the work of John Stott here, who suggests that Psalm 98 has three stanzas. First stanza, God the Savior, verses 1 to 3. Second stanza, God the King, verses 4 to 6. Third stanza, God the Judge, verses 7 to 9. First, God the Savior. The word salvation is used in each of the opening three verses. Interestingly, it includes the idea of victory, and it's thus translated in the King James Version and the New American Standard Bible. And since David sings of God's steadfast love and faithfulness to the house of Israel in verse 3, he may well have had in mind uh, some victory or some deliverance that God had provided for Israel. But as Christians, we think of the victories God has given us through Jesus. Victory over sin and death, for example. And in fact, the Apostle Paul uses the language of victory to speak of death and sin in 1 Corinthians 15, beginning with verse 54, where he writes, when the perishable puts on the imperishable and the mortal puts on immortality, then shall come to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. O oh, death, where is your victory? O oh, death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. So let's rejoice in the Lord our Savior who has won for us victory upon victory, especially the victory over sin and death. And then the second stanza of Psalm 98 verses four to six, uh, give us another reason to rejoice. 
For those verses praise God as King, which is why Psalm 98 is part of what we've been calling the enthronement songs. And what I would point out here is that this segment calls for the worship of God to be exuberant. Make a joyful noise to the Lord. Bring, break forth in joyous songs and sing praises. Sing praises to the Lord with the lyre and the sound of melody. With trumpets and the sound of the horn, make a joyful noise before the King, the Lord. Now, does worship have to be loud? Well, no, but this segment reminds us that worship should be exuberant, uh, energetic, enthusiastic. God is our Savior and our King, and He deserves our very best in worship. You know, if worship for us has become kind of ho-hum and routine and boring, well, it's time for us to examine our hearts, for we may not be as grateful as we should be for all the Lord has and continues to do for us. And then the final stanza of Psalm 98 praises God as judge. How might you ask? I mean, most of us aren't too enthused about praising one who judges us. So this last stanza is a bit unexpected. But this last stanza seems to look ahead to the future when the ills of this world will be set right. I think ultimately this last section looks ahead to when the Lord Jesus will return and all will be renewed. David personifies the sea roaring and the rivers clapping and the hills singing. Why? Because this is still God's world. He made it and it is His. But the world is not as it was created to be. Ever since the fall of humankind, creation has been subjected to frustration and bondage and decay. But when Christ returns, humankind and creation will be set free. The Apostle Paul explicitly says in Romans 8, verse 21, creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption. So much to praise God for, so much to celebrate, so many reasons to sing and dance and rejoice. The Lord is Savior. The Lord is King. The Lord is the coming judge who will restore all creation, including those who trust Him as Savior. So sing to the Lord a new song. Let's praise Him now. Oh Lord, we do rejoice and sing unto You. We rejoice that You are our Savior. We praise You for giving us victory over sin and death. We rejoice that You are our King and we give You our full praise and worship. We rejoice that You are coming again in glory to make all things right, to make all things new. To you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, be all praise and glory and honor today and forevermore. Amen. Well, listen, there won't be a devotion next week, but God willing, I'll be back with you on August 17th. Take care. God bless you. Have a great week. Goodbye.